You're very welcome to Space to Grow, brought to you by Sonus, Ireland's leading bathroom brand. Now, in this podcast, we explore how the spaces we inhabit shape us as individuals. I'm Lisa Cannon. And I'm Natasha Rocket-Devine. In this episode of the Entertainment Series, we are thrilled to have award-winning Irish architect and RT Home of the Year TV star, Hugh Wallace, <laughs> joining us in the Devlin to share his experiences with the spaces he's inhabited throughout his life and his career. Without further ado, let's hear from Hugh himself. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good yeah. afternoon, ladies. Aren't you looking beautiful oh, thank today? You. And so are you. We're oh, all coordinated. Like mutual loving. I know. We're all coordinated. And the, oh. the glasses match the jacket. Oh, Donna, you're unreal. Oh, oh wow. Love it. So let's go back and talk about your space growing up. You grew up with your parents, Sue and Ken. So tell us about that childhood space for you. It was 53 Highfield Park in Dundrum. And it was a semi-detached house from the... 50s, which my dad bought, my mum and dad bought for 17,500. No, that's a lie. Wow. 1,750 pounds. My wow. God. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that wild? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's Three crazy. bedroomed, two reception, kitchen, utility room, garage, and a big back garden to grow all our vegetables. Wow. That's, that's mad. And has this space influenced you, you know, in the spaces that you create today? Not really, no. I mean, going it was Axminster carpet. We had the good room at the front. The dining room we only got into on a Sunday. You know, it's a very sort of, I'd have to say, Protestant household, which was quite funny. And I lived in this little idyllic Protestant world. Went to Protestant schools, Protestant scouts. <laughs> and I didn't meet any Catholics. You didn't there meet were no Catholic. Catholic. Not to touch you. There were none of them in my little... <laughs> In my little bubble world, it was quite amazing. It's funny because I wouldn't have known that about you. It's an interesting yeah. question that, you know, obviously we'd spoken off camera and you'd mentioned, you know, because we're here in the Devlin Cinema, we're right next to it. The Sanford Park School was very awfully, awfully. And of course you awfully. grew up with awfully, uh-huh. awfully, so awfully. It wasn't, Sanford Park's a very interesting school mm. because first of all, it's now girls and boys, but it's absolutely, the one thing that's never discussed inside the school gate was religion. And Interesting. Mm, yeah. Never, never discussed. It was a mixture of everyone, Jew, Gentile, and anything and everything in between. Very much orientated towards left-wing politics. So a very interesting school to grow up in, particularly the history teacher who said, I'm a socialist. So when I'm teaching you history, always have that in the background. Because therefore, I have my own little sort of view on history. Right. So. Interesting, because, you know, we're going back in time. Natasha's brought you back to your family home. Do you mind if I ask you a little bit? It's more of a personal question, but you have quoted in the press um, saying that when you went to Sanford Park, the dyslexia and, and of course, that was uh, a tough time. And it really, I suppose, defined you and shaped you and where you are now. Well, it did, because I was the idiot in the class. There were 21 uh, of us in, in, in the class, and I used to come 20th. Uh, so I was the bottom and, you know, so the headmaster would chat to my mum and dad when we were coming up to the leaving search or that year and say, really, he's not academic. So you're going to have to find something else to do. And my dad's brother lived in the Curra and was very close friends at the Gulf down the Curra in the army. And so the were going to put me into the army as a cadet. Which could have been quite fun, really. really? So you would have led the army. You would have been oh, amazing. Imagine, you, imagine 
or I surrounded by all those men. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fabulous? Well, I didn't you know, think of that. You know, know, I'm surrounded thinking, by all those thinking. men. How wonderful Filthy. that would have been. Filthy. Filthy. <laughs> but, but I was lucky enough, my English teacher, Greg Collins, turned around and said, you're dyslexic. Got, had me, um, I went through uh, exams or, or process, and they said, yep, yeah, fundamentally dyslexic, wrote to the Department of Education. This was between Easter and my leaving search. Wow. And eight people uh, were diagnosed with dyslexia. And the Department of Education, fair play to them, said, right, you can do your exams orally. And I did my exams orally, and I got five honours. Well done. And so, but... But even today, dyslexia is a problem. Yeah, And definitely. people are treated as idiots. But, you know, it's very interesting in the creative world, so many... People are dyslexic, Architects, yeah. designers, fashion designers are dyslexic because if you like, we use the other side of our brain. And, and it's very interesting. So one of my abilities is to see a drawing, but then to actually visualize... Which is a Space. massive skill, which people don't know. And then when you went to Bol- Bolton Street College, obviously you were thriving. Was that such a happy space for you after school? I loved mm. yeah. Bolton Street. And, and it was also a period for me in relation to my sexuality. So there were 17 lads in the class. And by the time we got to fifth year, seven came out as gay. Wow. So That's an astounding number, really. Yeah, it? but it was very interesting because... It also allowed you to come uh-huh. out. Yeah, sure. It safe allowed place, yeah. you. Correct, you're yeah. in a safe place. And I think that was very important for me. Because obviously, you know, in that time, like being gay was, you know, this it was. Is the late, this is yeah, the, it was strict. It wasn't 70s, as open as 70s. it is now. So, Not no, especially with families, you know, a lot of people just mostly probably scared to come out with their own family. So that was such a lovely space for you to thrive as a person, but also in your sexuality. Oh, it was you know, amazing, but creatively it was yeah. wonderful. Everything came to life everything, for you Everything, everything, and, and it was just, it was a wonderful period. It was like this happy time, and we'd go, you know, I went to America with my best friend, Keith, and so we were both virgins when we went, <laughs> honest, 23 years old. The two right, of us. right, yeah. And, and so we messed, we ended up, Everybody was going to Chicago or Boston or New York, and the two of us wanted to see nobody Irish because yeah, we course, both, yeah. both wanted to explore our ourselves yeah, so. and other people on the <laughs> way past. <laughs> Why but, not? But it's so a we family went, podcast here. Uh, know, so then we went to Dallas. Dallas, yeah, because it was on the telly. It was on the telly. So wouldn't you go? Oh, absolutely. So and it was so bling and fabulous. And it was fabulous. Shoulder pads, big yeah. hair. And we oh. were crud collectors. We collected rubbish. And we were earning $1,000 a week. Oh, wow. Can I jump in and ask you, because I, obviously I'm I'm kind of more the entertainment side of things. Of course, Natasha is everything that you know, which is uh, enter- well, is interiors and space. But Dallas, like, what did you learn in the States? Did you, have you brought that with you into Dallas, in no. your creative space, in your interiors? Dallas was wild. Wild, okay. Wild. It was so big and, and the buildings were amazing. And you, it was in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Oh, wow. And when you went to Fort Worth, there was a line in the sand at 40-whatever street. And the guys in the horses and all the gear would come in. The cowboys would come in, lash up their horses. Oh, it's like and a dream. Come, and can, can come into Fort Worth. It was 
like I can't tell you. And then we were very lucky with the the lady who who took took control of us, uh, and she worked for Southwestern Airlines, and we'd fly to Houston or San Antonio, or or uh, down to Louisiana for weekends, and it was like this was eye opening. And I was going to ask you what was the most transformative space you've been in, but it seems like Dallas is it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. like this Dallas trip like, really shaped be- you as a person. Well, it was the freedom yeah. that shaped me. And I didn't have that in Ireland. Well, a lot of people feel that, I think, here, creatively yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's small. It's all you that know. baggage. I never owned a pair of jeans. My mother wouldn't let me own jeans. Really? No. So I bought jeans for the first went time. Wild in Dallas. In you America. went wild. I went wild. But you, when you think back at that, yeah. How things it have seems changed. daft. No, but it's different times. But it was very different, different times, yeah. you know. You look back, I see it in your eyes. You look back with like rose tinted glasses, but also of a space and a time that really was creative and freeing for you, I think. It was freeing also sexually. Mm-hmm. Because I'd had my, I had my first sexual encounter in in New York, and when my mum met me, all in tears at the airport, she in said, oh, "You've changed," and I said, "Little did you know how much I've changed." <laughs> how did your mother respond to that? But I think ah, she wouldn't have known. Like when I unfortunately, I never got to chat to my mum and dad about my sexuality which I deeply regret, deeply regret. Uh, it was a different time, though. It was, but it's funny, you know, how you... Even today, down, I know friends down the country, and unfortunately, they aren't able to tell their parents. Mm. And they're in their 30s and 40s. And I think that's just extraordinary. It's very heartbreaking, I think. I have a daughter, and if, if she was whatever she wants to be in her life, I would never want her to hide things from me and to be suffering as a mother. Or a friend, like, you're godmother. I'm godmother to a thousand kids. children. Like, yeah. you just never want your child but to suffer. But it's all changed so much. And, yeah. and I think that I was very lucky to be in Ireland, in the creative industry, in, in the 80s and 90s, because they were, it was just fantastic. It was fabulous and it was so creative. And and the interesting thing was in those days you had so many Irish brands. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you had gay wear and they used to do shopping or sorry, buying trips to the States. And when they go to the States, they go, are there so many gays in Ireland? Are there so many cross dressers? And so the brand had to change its name to A-Wear. Oh, oh I never knew I didn't that. know that story. Yeah. Yeah, I, love so, yeah. I love Aywear, gay wear. Yeah, gay wear, gay wear. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, so you had all these yeah, brands and they were creative. Yeah, there's more, more freedom, I suppose. Now I think it's a bit more structured. It is, yeah. More, yeah organized. But then you go down and I've been to Clonakilty. If you go to Clonakilty, that's amazing. And that to me is an extraordinary market town. 20 years ago, it was a kip. And they all got together. No, say it as it is. <laughs> it isn't anymore. So yeah, sorry, it's everyone that's in Clonakilty. No, no, no. They've transformed it. Oh, now, yes. Into the most amazing market town. They have three bookshops, oh, loads of coffee shops, shops yeah. best pub food, great restaurants, but lots of one-off shops yeah, producing fabrics, clothes, 
you know, just wonderful to see. So all of a sudden, a place you'd pass by, it's a must stop. Yeah. To get out, to make your purchase, chill out. And there's sort of a good half morning in it. And I love that. I love seeing places turn themselves around. And also, do you, um, I'm assuming that you love like salvaging and recycling and and sustainable design. So do you have any kind of products or things that you recommend to people? Me? Yeah. Martin won't let me into a shop. He drags me out. He says, you're not buying more rubbish to sit on the shelf. I love it. And, And so I buy things and I don't tell him. Where are they then? They appear. Oh, they appear. Yeah, they appear. And he goes, where where did that come from? Well, that's been there for years. Clever. Yeah, (laughs) clever. I I saw you coming in today. And of course, I'm I'm sandwiched by two very famous interior designers and of course, an architect as well, award-winning. Hugh, when people look at you and all the programs, um, especially actually Bungalow Bliss, of course, I want you to talk about that now in a second, but people just must want to capture you. Like even on the street, they must be like, there he is, home of the year. Must ask him, what do I do with my windows? Do I do this? (laughs) Are you sick of it? You know, do you get a lot of that where people just want you and want your information and want what's in your brain? You do get that, but I have to say, Irish people, you know this, yeah, are they're fabulous. Quite reserved. Yeah, they're, and they're, and very they're com- reserved. Yeah, they're reserved. They're quite. They want oh, the they photograph. You, I love the men that come up to me and say, "My my wife loves your program," and I'm going, "Can I have a photograph up with you?" And you're going, "But you don't like my program. You're watching the football." <laughs> do you know what I'm I mean? I'm sure they are. They're probably just they're, they're, they're don't closet. Admit it. Yeah, maybe they're, they're closet, closet lovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of of my bungalow bliss and home of the year. Talk to us about My Bungalow Bliss, because obviously um, it's based on the book as well, 1971. So really, you know, this is a key new series. So tell us more. Well, it was a, it was a one-off, but I, I'm hoping to, to bring it back. Yes, oh, it's and it was amazing. Uh, to me, the bungalow is quintessentially Irish. Definitely. And it's funny enough, you say to architects, they hate this, but it's sort of really the last architectural movement In that's Ireland, identifiable yeah. as being Irish. Um, and... I just love them. I think they're amazing. They make amazing homes. And they they are so easy to repurpose mm. today mm. and bring them up to today's standard because fundamentally, structurally, they're perfect. Dreadful um, rating in terms of, of yeah, yeah. rating. Stuff, yeah. But you can bring them up so easily yeah. to an A rating or a B2 and then off you go, plug in your air to water and off you go. Yeah, and they're they just amazing. And also the great thing is you're in half acre plots that have mature landscaping and trees around them. And that's what I love. It's love, yeah. Because you, well, you had that at home when you were a child, you yeah. know, in the garden and stuff. Because a lot of people don't have that now. Not they anymore. They live in flats and, you know. Like or, we grew all our own vegetables at home. That's amazing. So that's, that's so important to you. And then we had blanching Saturdays <laughs> where the vegetables would be chopped up and blanched and then packaged in little plastic packs and put in the freezer. God. For the winter. So Just, yeah, it is. It so is. And of course, that's that's what everybody wants at the moment, isn't it? To be organic and have organic food and you're pulling it right from Absolutely, the soil. Yeah. You'll live to be 100, you. You will. Hey. Mark my words. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many questions I suppose Natasha's going to ask, but I, I love hearing from you about kind of impactful spaces. Like you, you know, you, you talk about it even in the show, you know, that they kind of transform or what's the transformative space that you like to work in or that you get to see from time to time. Well, the most impactful space was actually uh, the papal residence and where the Pope hung out in France in Avignon. And the reason for that was it was about intimidation. So you went up 
a staircase which was slightly innocuous, quite small with a roof on it. So you became at one with the size of the space, the intimacy of the space. And then you went through this door into this vast room. And that room was beautiful, but it was all about power. Ooh, I like that. It was about power and Sounds authority. Sounds like a movie. Yeah, power. It was, yeah. And authority. Mm. And that's that to me is the actual architecture can do that. It can and evoke feelings and absolutely, yeah, and that's what it emotions. does. So when yeah, you walk yeah. down a street, like Clonic Guilty, or yes, down that area, yeah. So or George and Dublin or oh, wherever. George and Dublin, yeah. Buildings talk to you. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, I feel yeah. that they yeah. do talk yeah. to you. But unfortunately, in modern architecture, our buildings arrive at the ground and don't talk to us anymore. They actually do the opposite, and they make spaces fearful and antisocial. And that, to me, is a huge problem of our cities and towns. So if you walk up Cork Street, that's a pretty grim street. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be. Mm. It should be vibrant. But you feel unsafe going up these streets. And that's wrong. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, and also when you're going by um, by the canal or the Liffey, like all around there, the buildings, like when you think of them, like Dublin, it's such a gorgeous city. People travel like all around the world, Correct. Asia, America, to come here. And it's the core of our city. And it looks like you say, quite, some areas are quite unsafe. And obviously, you know, that's a problem, a separate problem of homelessness, etc. But actually, this should be the core where tourists are coming through on buses and inspired our beautiful architecture, which you don't have in a lot of countries or cities. And like, it's quite grim, like you say, it's quite depressing mm. when you're, you know, you're driving up to the Phoenix Park and you just, it, some of the buildings are really sad and run down. And I what just feel like, do? What can we do? I now? feel like they should be, there's a program in that, Hugh, definitely. There's something in that, like to restore it or to bring the, that, that kind of area to life. I just think. Well, it's, what they did in Clonakilty, sorry to go back to no, Clonakilty. No, absolutely, it's a great case to um, Is the council are very proactive and also the um, local, uh, what to call it, the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Yeah. So Chamber in Com- of Commerce in Clonakilty is very proactive. So they got a hundred quid off each of the shops. Oh, okay. And they set about a marketing campaign for Clonakilty. They then went to the council and said, buy us paint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they took in stages. So Dulux, in fact, did the deal. And they got all the paint for all the buildings. Mm-hmm. With the hundred quids, they bought the... Um, scaffolding mobile scaffolding and then you all you had to do then was hire a painter that's proactive isn't it? correct but all of a sudden that transformed clonakilty and also the council then redid all the paving the the paths and everything else and so it's wonderful yeah. I, I I have to jump in because my father's from, from Castle Bar in County Mayo and I would love to see Castle Bar being given a facelift or a little lick of paint. It's sad because when I grew up there, the, the, the beautiful little sweet shops and the pubs and the restaurants, they were so full of life, Natasha, yeah. honest to God. And only been down there recently over the last few years, you see so many places boarded up. Now, I know that's obviously, there's, there's a different element, a whole different podcast in that, but I suppose essentially wouldn't be lovely if we could gather together in a community and be proactive like that yeah. and uh, and paint the place up and give it a new lease of life. Yeah, but this place, like, I've never been to Athboy. And Athboy is just this tri- thriving market town. Mm. And it's fabulous. 
and it's all painted and decorated and you have the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. And so nice. and it's all there. And all of a sudden people go and they're yeah. part of the community it's and they're the, all it's taken the leap really, isn't it? It's it like is. it's getting the people it together. Is. This this is this I was is gonna what say we need, need to, to do Yeah, definitely. Put your heads together and, and so like on a kind of more personal level for people, what advice would you give to people who really want to change their space for that, like whether it's run down or, you know, just want to transform it in their house? Is there anything that you say start with would you say it's colour for you? It seems like you love colour and paint and just changing that up or I'd say start with a copybook. And Personally, rather than being online, I find it much better if you stick things down in a copybook yeah. and you put living room and you stick things down. And oh, I like that. Old school. I like down. that. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it can be all out of order initially. And then you start to refine it. And bring it together. Yeah. yeah. And if you use your Pritt stick, you see you can peel it off and oh. start again. And Blue Peter all yeah, over again. Yeah, I know yeah. that, but I, I think that's a better way than in Pinterest. Yeah. It's harder. It's hard on Pinterest. It's a certain type of brain that can like dissect yeah, but, all of that. But then you, know, you, get, a, to life. you yeah. get a bar of soap because you like the colour and you put that down. Yeah. Or you get a rock or a chestnut, an yeah. actual um, conquer. Or a flower or something. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you put all those down and all of a sudden... It's come to life. Your yeah. Mood. yeah. And it's that's much lovely. more real... Than like little squares of uh, out of a, a swatch a or whatever. They don't work for you. No, no I like I'm, that thinking. That's very unusual. It's, very, it's also tactile. It you is, know, it's yeah, nice and, and it gets your that. senses going. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Correct. I do think that. Well, of course, I need to talk about Ortiz Home of the Year. Uh, <laughs> everybody loves it on our screens and um, it's such a force, joie de vivre for everybody and especially when you want to take home something from it. But also, we get to get a good nosy into other people's homes. Um, how is the show going? Um, when are we back? And also, do you still enjoy it? Do I what? Ah! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I love the excitement and... You know, Sarah and, and Amanda are just great fun, particularly Amanda, uh, <laughs> who, of course, is so sensible and loves white and more white. But she's great fun. The show is great fun. And I just love it because we don't see inside the house. Before. Never. That was my next question. Never, no, never, never. No never, sneaky never. peeks. No. And we never discuss scores. So at That's the nice. reveal yeah. is the only time we actually know what the scores are and then people are naughty because they mislead in the house so you think they're giving a lower score but they actually give a higher score oh, so they can be a bit, a bit like poker. sneaky Ooh, i like that <laughs> it's, it's, so home of the year is back in february next year we start filming in september of this year and I know this question already, and uh, I'd asked you outside Dermot Bannon and yourself. No rivalry, of course. No, I mean, Dermot. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying because obviously, in the vein of home decoration, homes in general, and of course, home interiors, there's an abundance of wonderful programs now on Irish television there's for that. And I thank God there is because we all need to know how to decorate our homes better and get some good advice. Well, I think over the 10 years of Home of the Year, there's been a significant shift in the actual. You know, people being fun, proud of their homes. And what I love is that quintessential quirkiness yeah. that you don't find on Pinterest. 
Yeah, well, that's the character of the home, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. Because you said, I think you've been quoted before to say that you know when someone's followed a trend versus when they're actually following their own feet, like trend. their own yeah. copybook. You can tell that, can you? You when can, you go of in? course, yeah. you can, immediately. And then you've had your own home on the Great... Oh. Yeah, you've well, you've been working on projects on the Great House Revival. Yes. yes. So tell us yeah. about that. Did you love that? or would Oh, you the find Great that? House Revival, that's an amazing show. Yeah. And when you, you just think... so many great shows. It's I know. To keep you do, so <laughs> well, you're doing one, actually, very yeah, I'm soon doing, yourself. Um, do a DIY um, salvaging show. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're doing that. And actually, yeah, but... T- so first of all, tell us about your... Did you love that experience yourself? I love it? it. I'm doing yeah. two more series at the moment. I'm filming those at the moment. And one will go out next year and the other will go after the year after. And that to me is is so important that we see old buildings yeah. being reused, reimagined. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fantastic. And the work that people do. Oh, it's unreal. I learned so much as well. So Even I'm, I'm, I, don't I, know, I don't know if it's oh, compa- comparable, but it's really hard and it's it's ch- in a great way. Like I learned, I upskilled so much doing the show. And speaking of um, kind of recycling products, is there anything that you would like products or brands that you'd recommend for sustainability? Mm. Anything that you, because you work with some brands that you, anything. Well, I, d- I think that you have amazing man-made products yeah. from Cosatino. Um, and they have an extraordinary brand in Stylestone, but also in Decton. And they're exceptional. Yeah. And if you like, at the moment, the Decton is about 80% recyclable. That's amazing. So I'm actually using the product on the outside of my house. Oh, wow. Uh, on the extension. So it'll be a very bold, brash, uh, visual new build sitting beside an old two-story cottage. And I just love that contrast, contrast yeah. and complement, you know, between the two. Now, obviously, you do homes, but you are very nosy and you look into people's fridges. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is that all about? Tell us more. Well, you can find out if people home cook. Do they cook? <laughs> you know, or they pre-pack. Oh, um, God, you know, do, do they eat enough greens? <laughs> Fruit, vegetables. They don't have theirs packed up like you did in their No, but, now. you know, it's just, it's very important. You know, and you're just amazed, you know, sell-by dates. That, I checked sell-by dates and I'm amazed how many people have stuff in their fridge that was like a year old. Well, a year old. A year old. Maybe the freezer, though. Maybe no, the in the fridge. In the fridge. Fridge. I found jars. Pong. Jars. No, jars with oh, mold. No. Oh, God. With mold no. off the top. No, no. <laughs> Do you know? So that's very difficult. So that's a point. Uh, then you have the houses you arrive in the home of the year and they go, please don't put your coffee cup or water on a table. Oh. I, I, I was just thinking if you came to my home to do Home of the Year, which I really hope you would never do. Oh, we'll come, uh, we'll come. Re- no, no, no. Um, I'd nearly repaint the whole house, the whole shebang. I'd be so embarrassed for the camera crews to come in and see it. Do a lot of people like nearly redo their homes before you but come to visit? Put in huge effort. Okay. And then sometimes... What's the biggest effort you've ever seen? Sometime, well, sometimes the house on the outside would have been a lovely yellow. Yeah. Like, you know those nice soft yellows? But when we re-rock up, they've painted it white. And you're going, oh my God, why did oh. you paint it white? And you it looked fabulous it in yellow. Oh. I know. Sometimes when you make fast decisions like oh. that, it doesn't work. Because yeah. characters, you're all for character. Yeah, your personality, absolutely. you love character. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just brings it to life. I think it's a balance really, isn't it? I think that's, it seems like that's your kind of go-to or that's what you admire is a balance of old and new. Mm. Bring it yeah, together. Yeah, and I think people, everybody has a history. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. their grandparents or... 
and bits of odd furniture come with them. And I think that's what makes the home. What about a charity shop? I love a good charity shop. Oh, yeah. charity shops. Absolutely mm. love them. Martin won't let me go. Same problem. Same problem. <laughs> Same problem. I actually bought I bought a, a complete cantina cutlery. Okay. Which I haven't told him. Where do you put all this stuff? Well, you can just say it was gifted. Say we gifted it from the show. Yeah, Hugh Wallace has sticky fingers. He's always buying stuff from charity shops. But they're charity shop. shops, so it's fine. Yeah, you're you giving know? it a second like Absolutely. A second I love them. I, I love, love it too. Them. I absolutely love it. And they have little gems of of things if you keep an eye out. It was fabulous uh, 1930 Art Deco clocks. And I love those. I bought fabulous watches. In their cases. You should have a shop online. Yeah, you should. In their cases. 1930 watches. I'd buy from you. (laughs) Because he's such a great buyer. There you go. Which had never been, they were in their case, never been used. And how much was it? 45 quid. So there you go. Irish charity shops are on par Fabulous. with those worldwide. Fabulous. Yeah. Have you heard of Gaff Interiors? That's uh, recycles. Stu- yeah, that kind great. of stuff. Yeah. But I just feel like you, I can see him, Hugh having his own shop. I feel like you'd be brilliant. And then Martin but could then be annoyed. But then I wouldn't annoyed. sell anything. Oh, you, you would. You would. would. Oh, you wouldn't sell it. <laughs> You'd be like, sold, sold, sold. The sign will be, the shop will be No, nice. no, gone, gone, gone. <laughs> I, I did a restoration or a refurbishment, Natasha, was was uh, privy to, to some of it. I nearly lost my mind, Hugh, doing it. And and um, I think, you know, all in all, I, I gathered some friends. I, you know, I, I, I kind of pulled a few strings and got a few people to give me a dig out. But it's tough. I mean, people, Jesus. when they look yeah, at interior designers, and yeah. Natasha would vouch for this too, I've always thought it was a glamorous job. But actual fact, not just interior design, it's all about the structural work and yeah, what you're yeah. putting together. Yeah. It's really tough. I mean, I think people need to know that side of it. It's not glamorous, actually. Well, it's not glamorous. And, and people are spending an awful lot of money and getting it wrong. And really, you know, you can do consultation. You, you know the way people get afraid of fees yeah. and using yes. interior designers yeah. or architects, uh, but they need to do that. And so rather than engage with a full service, you actually buy time. So you buy a half day. And that sets, if you like, the ground rules and at least gets you in the right direction. It also affords you the opportunity to, if you like, get to know an interior designer or an architect yeah. without committing. Yeah, it's a really good idea. And, and I also, think and that's important. Okay. And you can run by questions that might seem completely safe, which could like lose you a lot of money or completely mad. You know, it rationalizes yeah. things that people maybe don't understand. Yeah. And you can put logic to things, you know, I which made, I think is so I, important. I, had I made some cl- mistakes, Hugh. I made some costly yeah, but, mistakes. But they are costly. Yeah. They're so untimely mm. as well. Mm. Well, you can't, you see, once you do anything structural yeah, you can never undo it yeah that's good advice for everybody listening because I'm so, sure some people be like oh I'm going to tear down this wall or yes do you need to more. do you need to that's the question an awful lot of people put extensions on and they don't need to Hugh what do you think about people who don't go with architects and just do their own thing I mean is that a disaster or is that something that you could champion in any shape or form no you can't champion that because there will be errors that's why you're using somebody's expertise and knowledge. Definitely. Even in design, even down to interior design, like you're going to save money hiring that person. I mean, I know it can, at the very least, you'll level out because the money you've paid for that person is going to save you money on, you know, the time, the effort, the deliveries, the context they have. Like people don't think about it like that. It's actually a really great service. So, so one of the things that you, so as an architect, we, so we get discounts. 
we pass the discounts on. Yeah. Because we're getting paid a fee. So you you have to understand that somebody is getting paid at the end of the day. Mm. And while the fee may look a lot less, they're making the fee a different way. Yeah. So you need to be very upfront. Yeah, you need to be direct with people, your client yeah. as to how they're paying the fee. Well, we're coming to the end of the interview. Can you believe that? I, I, oh, I, the two of you just day. kept on waffling. <laughs> you just waffle on. Too many more questions, but we do have a quick Whee! fire round for you, Hugh, which I know and you're going to love. Do I win love. an award? It's a bit of fun, and we want you just to give one short blast of an answer. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. So um, I'll kick off with Whee! what is the one lesson you wished you'd learned earlier in your career, Hugh? There's no road without a turn. Mm. never never assume to be nasty to somebody because you'll meet them again particularly in Ireland very good I like that it's true what's your favourite travel space Italy I love it food mm. beautiful building oh, style delightful people yeah I agree colour yeah. romance oh. nature flowers nature beaches how am I doing? You're doing great. great. You're bringing this to the <laughs> devil and I'm already there. I'm going. Um, what would be the one thing that people would be actually very surprised to know about you? I'm actually shy and reserved. No. Yeah. My yeah. character is, is actually, um, I'm very, I don't like going to a party and entering into a party. I find it very awkward. But you're very comfortable in front of a microphone though. Ah, yeah, but I'm just, it's something you learn. Okay. But if you ask me, would I like to go to a party? I'd go, no. What's the most transformative space you've ever been in? I think the Guggenheim. I think if you go into that, it's an extraordinary space. The whole dynamics of the museum, but then the artwork. And it's extraordinary. In fact, if there was no artwork in it, you'd nearly appreciate it more. (laughs) Wow. I love that answer. Um, I'm sure you have none of these bad habits, but if you did have a bad habit, which one would you like to break? Oh, I, not listening to people. Is that not part of an architect's job? Yeah, I just get, I just go, oh, I've heard that before. Can we move on? <laughs> I love the Yeah, honesty. but you're just, you're like, you're, you're busy. You're just <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah, you're busy. So Quick, Well, I, I, I think it's very funny, you know, because I'm going, why are you repeating yourself? Sound like my boyfriend. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite? Who is your favorite designer or architect growing up? Growing up, it would have been people like Corbusier, uh, Franklin Lloyd Wright, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the Bauhaus, yeah. all that modernism. Yeah, yeah. In Ireland, I love Dean Woodward because that was that eclectic period, yeah. just at the turn turn of the nineteenth century, and it was this naughty architecture. Of sort of a bit of gothic, little animals, everything. Just brought it all together. Yeah. yeah it all worked. Yeah. If you weren't pursuing your career at the current present stage as an award-winning architect and, of course, our TV host on Home of the Year, what other profession do you think you'd choose? Farming. Farming? Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I just, I think that today's farmers is just amazing. It's a, it's a whole science in its own right. And I think farming is going to go through such change in relation to understanding of the relationship between farming and sustainability. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so exciting. Okay. 
what would be a future space that you'd like to live in? I know you move a lot, so ah! you probably have a plan. Yeah, we. <laughs> well, Martin and myself would love to live on a river. Oh, fab. Um, ideally with the uh, train at the end of the road. I like that answer. Now, what trend would never go out of style or could never go out of style for you? Clutter. <laughs> is that a trend, is it? Clutter is a trend. Okay. I, I just love honest clutter. Not pretend clutter. Okay. But honest clutter. So you pick up something and there's a story. There's a personality. There's a love. So you're thinking this is a good thing. Clutter is a good love thing. Love it. Ah, oh I'm in vogue then. That's great. I, I love, love it. <laughs> what is your biggest accomplishment to date? I got an award for my contribution to the design industry in Ireland oh, about brilliant. seven years ago. And that to me was a real compliment. And I, I think the design industry in Ireland has such a connection with, you know, businesses, brands, professionalism. And it's so important that it's supported. Okay, Hugh, thank you so, thank you much. so much. Thank you so much. And also, you. just from a designer, thank you for inspiring me and so many people in the industry. You're just, yeah. you're a breath of fresh air and you're just so talented and so funny. And so of thank course you in nature. Thank you oh, so Hugh, much. Oh, Hugh, come to my house. Natasha, come oh. to my house. I need you. Guys, thank you so, so much. It was thank wonderful. you so much. For more on Hugh's upcoming shows and projects, check out hughwallacearchitect.com. This episode was sponsored by Ireland's leading bathroom brand, Sunnis. It's time to reimagine bathrooms. Be inspired at sunnisbathrooms.com. And if you want to keep up with the latest from Space to Grow, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can leave us a rating or review, please do. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Space to Grow.